Kongs are Kongs. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake and Sir Dan. Welcome back and Happy New Year's. This is the Sanctimonious Podcast. My name is Jake and I'm joined by two co-hosts, Dan Johnson and Alex Slotnick. How's it going, y'all? Hey, hey, hey. welcome, Alex. Welcome officially as the third head of Here Sanctimonious. Wreck everything. This is where it all goes downhill. We got a little bit of a three-headed monster thing going, but I think it's really exciting and I mean, you've always added a ton to the show in terms of your commentary, so I think this is going to be fantastic a step forward into the new year and the next step forward for this show. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I'm I'm really excited to be hopping in with you, and it is, uh, you know, you just my, my fave peoples to talk Keyforge with, so I'm, li- <laughs> I'm liking that we're making it a regular thing. Hooray. There's much rejoicing. All right. Let's kick it off. What are we talking about today? This week, rather than doing our normal inspiration, uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus over the New Year's, so we thought it might make sense to instead do a little bit of a New Year's resolution. So uh, why don't don't we get started with that? Does anyone have any thoughts about uh, what their Keyforge resolution is for this year and want to jump in? Sure, I'll go. My resolution is to not make a resolution. I did it, guys. Guys, I did it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I think the one, so help from future self, a little shout out to those guys. Uh, had Logitarian Luke on, and he talked about Lean Forge, where he's got his collection, I think, trimmed at about 20 decks, I think is what he said. And pretty much if he ever gets a new deck, he compares it to his other 20. And if he sees that it's better than any of the 20, one of the 20 gets the boot. It goes up for sale, so it just keeps a nice, slim, narrow collection. And I don't know that I can get down to 20, but I do have more decks than I should probably have. So reducing inventory would probably be a good thing. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Right now, my collection is maintained to my wine of the month box, which I'm pretty happy <laughs> with. So I might just use that as my... Like maximum collection there. size. It cannot be bigger. If you have to go outside of the wine box, uh, it's just can't, it doesn't spark joy. We had not pre planned this, but my goal was to trim my Keyforge collection a bit to the essentials. So I did do a bulk sale uh, where I sold off just a, like 150 decks that were just sitting in a box in my house because I was tired of looking at them. Um, and, uh, I, my collections, I actually probably only have like five decks that I play. And then I have some that I'm, I, <laughs> I, I kept some that I wanted to sell, but, um, and I'm doing, I did that not just with Keyforge, but I'm trying to do that with all of my board game collection. Cause it's, uh, my, my, you know, I have a, a bookshelf in my house and if it can't fit on the bookshelf, um, it has to go. Um, so, uh, and it's, it's a fair, it's a fair sized bookshelf. So that's not even, you know, that's not so much, but I, I'm starting to go outside of the bookshelf. And so it's time to, and I know that I have a Kickstarter coming in, so it's time to cull a little bit. Yeah. I just sold like seven board games on Facebook the other day. I'm doing the exact same thing as you, except for I have two bookshelves. 
so my resolution is I really want to make an effort to get out to more premiere events. Last year, I made it to two uh, vault tours, Origins, and then helpfully the one in St. Louis that was just right in my backyard. So this year, my resolution would be to make out to three All events. Right. Um, so I really want to get to Worlds. So that'd be one. Uh, potentially Adepticon uh, was recently announced for Chicago. That's only about four and a half, five hours away from me. I love Adepticon. I used to do that in the mini mini gaming days of your. You know, if I could make both those two, that would already be two. And then I think maybe I'd do a big con again this summer with Gen Con or Origins, and I'd be already already to three. So I think I can do it. I'd really like to uh, get out and see all my friends at these events. Uh, so I'm going to make an effort to do that. And then my second one, since I'm such an overachiever, is I over the break, I really spent a lot of time playing other board games just because I didn't have people to play Keyforge with. But I always played a lot of board games with my friends back home in Kansas. Uh, so I want to do some kind of content creation around just uh like traditional strategy board games, whether that's like writing an article or two, or maybe even report record some kind of audio podcast on that or something. Uh, just something, whether it's like a one-off or not, that that's my secondary non keyforge related goal. I like it. I like it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll cap us off. My, my resolution was uh, to produce uh, speaking of producing content to produce uh, content for my blog more regularly uh i i had a lot of, i just had a lot of life stuff you know it happens coming up in the uh, you know the thanksgiving christmas time and it just kind of fell to the back burner um so i'm gonna hop in in the new year i have an article locked and loaded i just need to uh finish some editing and then get it out there and Dan's already Dan's already proofread it for me, um, <laughs> like a month ago. I can't wait to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I'm excited for that, and I'm I'm excited uh, uh, to just be thinking about be thinking about the game. I I hope that I'll get to make it out to some premiere events, but uh, I have a my baby is due in. Uh, end of April, beginning of May, and so I think I might be uh, I might be out out of premiere events for a little while, just with a uh, new baby life. Yep, Dan says forlornly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, those are our KeyForge and slightly not KeyForge resolutions for 2020. Uh, and with that, let's let's jump into our main topic. So, what what are we talking about today, y'all? Prime time. Um, yeah, I actually went and played in a prime. Me, Dan, in real life gaming. What? This is the first you time outside. <laughs> first time I played in real life since the last prime and Worlds Collide release. That was the last time I was able to get out, and both of those um, times necessitated one Blake from Help from Future Self to come down and stay with me. And then my wife's like, "Oh, it's like so big that this dude from Canada is coming down." Okay, I guess you can go play. <laughs> That's awesome. The credibility. Blake gave you the bump. Have you told your wife you've got a podcast that people listen to? A couple times. She's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, so I actually got to go to a Prime. It was an adaptive Prime, which meant it was a long day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had 25 people show up, 
Um, shout out to the Vancouver crew that all came down. Jens, Matt, June, Blake. I'm pretty sure that's it. I played Matt. Had lunch with Jens and Blake. Um, Josh. Shout out to Josh. He, uh, he was sitting next to me round one and he's like, are you the Dan of Synchronous or something <laughs> like that? I was like, yep. Um, so yeah, pretty much anybody. Steven, I got to meet Steven WH from our Discord. He was there at the event. So it was really cool. It was fun to see a lot of people. And, um, I mean, I was fully branded out with my Sanctimonious Amber tokens, Sanctimonious Ward tokens, Sanctimonious Matt shirt. Oh man, um, repping so hard. Know, Matt holder. Like, yeah, I was, I was repping pretty hard. So yeah, it was really fun. So 25 people. Um, I think one of the most important things in adaptive is your deck selection. Um, so I picked one of my Jenka decks, the Rioter Rum Runner, because the deck is like so hard to play. When I first got it, I think I started two and 11 on TCO and I just, it's really hard to figure out. It's a really tough deck to play. The only Amber control is one doorstep to heaven. You have two Shulers and a Hysteria, so you can steal four in a turn potentially. And then you have an English, and that is it for Amber Control. I guess you have a Marut and a Bordon, but if you're playing Sanctum, you're probably losing the game, which is <laughs> a really weird deck to play, but it's Dis, Mars, Sanctum. The Mars is pretty awful outside of Jenka. Like, you just don't really want any of the Mars cards other than Martian Generosity, Key Abduction, and even then, the deck really hums if you just stick a big board of Dis dudes. So you've got double Ancient Yerks. Double Scullions, double Shoelers. Um, yeah, the, the deck really works when you just take a big disc board and just control the game with fighting with huge disc creatures and then just reaping on turns when they don't have any creatures out. So that was my selection. I went AOA, I went Jenka, because I figured not a lot of people would really know how to play it. I knew I was 50-50 probably game one, and then I figured I'd pretty much win all of my game twos. I just couldn't imagine anybody pulling it up. Well, it's, it's just tough. I mean, I played you, Alex, yeah. and you're like, this yeah. deck is terrible. Yeah, we, we played we, our prep game. I was like, I, I don't like playing this deck. It is not. I was like, I, that's probably the <laughs> sign of a good adaptive deck because I was like, this is not fun for me right now. And uh, I think you've chosen well. Yeah, so that was my choice. Um, no, it was really funny. We sit down for round one and I'm up against a World's Collide deck, Matt from Vancouver. And four people around me are all running AOA decks. And it was kind of weird. <laughs> so I was like, ha, I'm going to wreck you all. I'm running AOA. And the guy next to me was like, no, I'm running AOA. I'm going to wreck you. And the guy across from me was like, no, I'm running AOA. I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Um, yeah, adaptive. What a wild, wild format. It just unlocks so many different decks that you can actually play. So it's super, super fun in that in that way. Who would have thought that Adaptive would be like the format that AOA would yes. really truly shine Finally, in? Finally, <laughs> it's moment. We did. We we all missed it. None of us knew that AOA is the premier uh, Adaptive de deck. Yeah. Um. Like spoiler alert: four AOA decks made top eight. It was four AOA, three Worlds Collide, and one Coda. Coda is just too straightforward to play. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just play, and I guess people also have had the longest yeah. time to familiarize yeah. themselves with those yeah. cards too. Yeah, so no, like having something where your opponent doesn't know what to do game two really helps your chances if you can steal that <laughs> game one. 
I kind of expected I'd be bidding on my opponent's deck a lot. I really didn't think I'd get many game ones, so I guess let's just get into it. There's five rounds, 25 people. So first round, I went against Matt. Um, <clears throat> he was running Worlds Collide. He had a silly Star Alliance uh, setup that was 11 Star Alliance creatures and a Frames Blaster. It had two Frames in it. Um, it had two Kirby's. It had a Helmsman Spears with like two Kirkers. Uh, let's see here. I think that's about it. Two Frames, two Kirby's, two two Medics, two Warding Medics. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, like. I don't even really remember what was in the rest of the deck, but it was Logos and Shadows. The Shadows was bad because Worlds Collide Shadows is bad. And the Logos was like, okay, it was fine. So game one, we have this pretty epic back and forth game. Super close, and I just get there. I just narrowly edge him out just by using, again, I, <laughs> I landed both of my Scullions by turn two, and they live the entire game. They did not leave the board. I've also got Golden Aura and Healing Blast and Sanctum. And every once in a while, I'd have to call Sanctum just to clear my hand of them, and I could get the Scullions back to full health. And, uh, yeah, so it was really good. So, like, I don't... It really didn't matter how many warded three-power dudes he had. I had a bunch of sixes and fives and seven armor twos out on the board. I think I even got my uh, a Bond out there, too, so the... Oh. Yeah, these Scullions were 7 power, 3 armor, so they just they weren't hardly taking damage at all when they were hitting things off the board. Everything's so armory. Yeah, so I surprised myself and won the first round. Like, the first game, first round, like, not first round, but I won the first game with my deck. Like, it's just, I kind of expected it to be a 50-50 all day. I kind of expected maybe to lose a few more game ones. And then just have to pull out the three-game three game win. But, uh, so then we go to game two where I've got his deck. And I start, <laughs> yeah, this, this is fun. Um, like it was just, it wasn't close. I started with a Kirker, um, yeah, Kirker, a Helmsman Spears, and one other Star Alliance creature. And I literally called Star Alliance the entire game. I never called Logos or Shadows. I just, <laughs> he couldn't remove Spears because it was behind yeah. Kirker. He couldn't find, um, the Spirit's Way or the Hysteria or anything. Like, Oh yeah, I, your deck doesn't have many direct removal answers. No, it has no. It has very little. It's just like hysteria is like a really big play in the deck, and that's the other thing that you have to really learn after a lot of plays is that hysteria can't be fired off for just to be fired off. It's got to be used very tactically. And yeah, he just couldn't find anything. Like he finally killed the spears, but I mean it was way too late. I've already cycled through the deck one and a half times because every turn I was calling Star Alliance, yeah. I had a couple of Kirby's out, so I play whatever action cards were worth playing. And I think even a couple times, I think I just discarded to not even play an action card because, or no, I think I maybe just waited and see if I could get a better action card. But I did. I got all the Star Alliance out. I think I had like nine creatures out. Oh, <laughs> I got the ten creatures on the board. It was neat. So I took the first round 2-0. No bidding required. No bidding required. It felt real good. Before the event, um, Blake rode down with me, and I was like, "Hey, man, if we ever get like he's like he's like I hope we don't get matched up because we play tested both of our decks a bunch against each other. Kind of knew how it went. He he for whatever reason in testing he beat me pretty much every time. And like when we switched decks, I beat him with his deck, and then we did bidding a couple of different times, and both times he got it in game three. But I was just like, if we get matched up, 
I unfortunately am not able to go to Worlds this year. It's just not going to work. It's just not in the cards. So I'm just like, I will scoop you because he's still trying to work for that uh, that Worlds invite. So, of course, round two, we get matched up together. So we played out really quick because we were going to have a lunch break right afterwards. And I actually 2-0 him. Like, my deck just kind of goes off game one. And, uh, yeah, like with his deck, his deck's got a lot of great steel cards. He was running an AOA deck with a Ronnie, a Brand, a bunch of different ways, life for life, double unlocked gateway, just all sorts of ways to kill Brand. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know what happened the first game. The first game, my deck just, it really hummed. I hit an early Martian Generosity key abduction to load my hand up with cards and just kind of cruise to victory. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, so I signed it over to him because I wanted him to have the better chance of the two of us to, to get through, um, so that he could angle for that, uh, that world's invite. So we go to lunch. There's a nice little teriyaki place right around the corner. Go have some lunch with him and Jens from Vancouver. That was nice. Uh, head back to round three. And Blake was also on AOA. Uh, round three might have been a Travis. And I'm sorry if I totally screwed that up. But he was playing a, uh, a Cincinnati Drex Golden Spiral deck, which is super fun. So worlds collide this round. So game one, once again, like he made a big play where he went up to like nine amber, but I had gotten my double Schuler hysteria set up down. It's like dust damp. I think I maybe Martian generosity ahead of time, so I actually had a pretty big hand. I don't know if I actually did it for a key or not, but he went from nine amber to having like two amber, and I ended the turn at fourteen amber in a key. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was like a big, big, big swing, swing in the game, and I just knew, because I looked at his index card, and he'd already used his tribute, he'd already used his six semper, like, um, he just used a couple of, like, I, I knew he didn't have any amber control left, and so then, yeah, like, the last turn, he's like, why didn't you, he's like, weren't you afraid of being at that much amber? I was like, no, you'd already used tribute next, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there wasn't really much other amber control in the deck. Yeah, all the punish was gone. All the punish was gone, and then in our game, like, I just punished him. And, like, he made a few mistakes. Like, I saw him one time, he discarded a Scullion when he had, after he'd played a Shuler. And you pretty much always play the Scullion. Like, pop the Shuler, mm -hmm. who cares? The Shuler did its job. It stole one. It can be popped and go to discard and leave the Scullion out there. That's, that's the interesting thing about your deck, though. It's like, there's a lot of those little micro decisions about, like, whether you play Scullions, whether... You play Hysteria, um, like what you kill with Scullions. I, I, I remember that when I was playing it, it was very, um, very, it's very crunchy. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of decisions to make. A lot of little decisions you have to really know to make and just always playing Scullion is one of the decisions that the deck kind of needs. You always want to have that seven power, two armored guy out. And yeah, when I piloted his deck, um, he had a pretty nice and bursty Untamed, and I just drew all of that early. Um, I can't remember his third house. But then I had, once he got rid of all the Untamed stuff, then I had the Cincinnatus Rex combo in hand, ready to go. And the game ended. I was at two keys. Like the, My doorstep to heaven was gone. The Hysteria was gone. Anguish was gone. And so I pretty much showed him, like, I've got the Rex combo. And I can probably go to about 20 amber here, and you have no amber control right now. Can we just call it here, or I can go through the motions? And he's like, yep, no, you got it. So 
once again, I have yet to drop a game through three rounds, even though I'm now two and one. <laughs> Just killing <laughs> it. Like, yeah, no, I was super surprised. Like like I said, I thought it was 50-50 game one, and so far I'm 3-0 on game one. Um, so round four, we go. I go to a opponent that I played in the last prime when I was at 3-0, and he handed me my first loss. Um, the Eclipse Dominators and Grabber Jammers were not very friendly to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer doesn't quite have the beef to get through a Dominator. So, yeah, I had a chance to get, gain some revenge here. So he's on an AOA Grump Buggy deck with Might Makes Right. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a that's super fine. cool deck. Yeah, and believe it or not, my deck won round one. <laughs> crushing yeah just crushing it um game two he pilots my deck quite well he gets himself to a position where he's at two keys he goes to five amber his deck has two shoelers i'm like all i need to do is keep him under four and i probably got this game because i mean he still hasn't martian generosity or key abducted um, I think key adduction was actually in the discard, but he was pretty close to flipping his deck. Okay. So he goes to five amber passes. I go into check using shoelers to take him back down to three. He goes proliferator Mars first, go back to five, fires off the Martian generosity, shuffles, hands it to me. I shuffle, I cut, he draws the cards, he flips the uh, key abduction and steals game two from Ooh. me. Ooh. So close. He, he counted the deck. He's like, it was a less than 50% chance because he drew 12 cards, and I think there's 26 cards in deck. So just under 50% chance of finding the key abduction, but he found it, and I was super excited for him. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were actually bidding game three on my deck, which I did not expect to happen going into the day. I figured I'd always be bidding on the opponent's deck. And so... Um, I mean, I open with zero. He goes to six. I'm like, yep, it's yours. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> that, like, I just, that's a push bet, really. Yeah. No, like, the bids are going pretty high on the day. Um, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted no part of it. I'm like, I still don't think, I think with six chains, I still think I can cruise my way to victory here. Especially after just barely. You know, yeah, yeah. After, after like a yeah, very yeah. variance-oriented uh, win, you would think that like six chains sets you back at least one turn, unless you know. So, yeah, and especially with the Martian Generosity combo, like if you don't have a full hand, it's even harder to pull it off. But you're not usually pulling it off early, anyways. Yeah, that one came down to game three. Was actually it wasn't like it wasn't one one-sided, but I think I won like three to one. But that was based off of. I got to one key, four amber, I had might makes right in hand, I had a bunch of big dudes that were like one or two hit points away from leaving the board and he had stuck the big disc board. And so I was just like, well, I just have to be efficient. So I might make right after I reap with a couple of them and just sack them all off, get to my second key, four amber when he was at like one key, like two amber. And that was just kind of the thing that just pushed me far enough ahead that there was only so many answers he had. Yeah, you just kind of coast at that. You're able to just keep going to check after at that point. Yeah, and he made one mistake where he used the doorstep one turn when he had Anguish out. He could have used Anguish to uh, run into a little dude yeah. on my side of the table and not allow me to forge, but he fired off the doorstep instead. And then that 
I was able to kill the anguish the following turn so it wouldn't be factor anymore and went back into check. That kind of closed the door on that one. So three and one heading into the last round with my and now playing WC AOA, WC AOA, and the last match AOA. And this is such a fortuitous matchup. <laughs> I went up against a guy running a double Martian Generosity <laughs> deck. I was so excited to play him. Blake played in round one and actually handed him his only loss on the day. Um, in real life, this deck has 21 chains. Oh, wow. He has, a, <laughs> he has a real life 29 and 11 record with this deck. That's insane. Um, so he's played it a few times. It's Logos Mars Sanctum. It's got a Helper Bot. It's got two Titan Librarians. It's got a Hexbeon, a Research Smoko, a Sloppy Lab Work. I mean, it just hooks through the deck. Like, the Logos is exactly what you want for a Martian Generosity combo. And then in Mars, you have a whole bunch of good creatures. You've got a Collector Worm, Proliferator, Mars First, Mind Warper, Beam Buckler, Xanath Harvester, Resonator, Anizic, and a Zorg, and then the double Martian Generosity key abduction. And then the Sanctum's actually surprisingly close to the Sanctum in my deck. Uh, Doorstep to Heaven's kind of the highlight. And yeah, it's pretty much it. <laughs> Wrote the Mark, Nara, Healing Blast, Bordon, Abod. Abod's actually kind of nice. Grey Rider, and then Ray Tree. Do you know, is this the guy that, like, has the most, had the most chains when they put out that article? FFG sounds very similar to the deck. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do know what you're talking about, Jake. I, I, what was it? Sounds it just sounds similar because I remember being surprised that it was an AOA deck that had amassed the most chains. I mean, 21 chains is just so many. Like, I cannot imagine winning a game yeah. starting. Well, like, so, the thing is, yeah, I'll get to it. So, like, game one. Like, I just pretty much knew I was dropping game one. Like, his deck was just so much more efficient than my deck. And that was kind of how it happened. Like, it just, he got there. Um, and pretty much he fires off the first in Martian Generosity, and he drops all those Mars dudes. And you're just looking at that second turn. And there's just not a lot you can do. You usually don't have enough. Like, you need to have a board clear in hand to get rid of all those Mars dudes. Otherwise, he just reaps up to, like, nine and draws his deck, which draws back into his key abduction again, and draws into his other Martian general. I mean, <laughs> right. so he can just keep looping it. So he could potentially loop. He could loop for two keys in a turn. No, he could actually do all three keys in a turn if he got enough amber to draw a huge, huge first hand. But yeah, it's super silly. So yeah, game one pretty much went the way I expected. Um I just don't have enough amber control in my deck to keep him from Martian Generosity. So he gets there. Game two is actually kind of close. He actually, he's a very good player. He piloted my deck exactly the way I would, like all the decisions he was making with discarding stuff. And it was actually kind of close. I think he got to two keys. But again, like I hit the Martian Generosity and then I showed him the second Martian Generosity. And he's like, yep, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> So then we go to bidding. Blake let me know that he had got him to bid up to 13 chains. So we were just talking about it at lunch since that was his first match of the day. He got him up to 13 chains, and Blake just got there. I mean, 13 chains, that must be like a discount to him if he's used to yeah. 20, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, great. <laughs> that he, lost that one. he lost that one, so I guess he had resolved not to go that high again for it. Um <clears throat> But yeah, because um, the only way Blake 
pulled it out as Blake had Restring Guntus in his deck and hit Restring Guntus and named Mars, and he couldn't remove the Restring Guntus, so Blake uh, just cruised to victory with yeah. him without him able to get rid of it. So our game three, he takes it for 13. I he goes, I think I went just to like 12 right away. I think I just said 12. <laughs> Maybe I went like 10 or something. I don't know. I went pretty high the first time because I knew Blake took him to 13 and my deck just, yeah, it was going to be an uphill battle anyways if he hit a generosity. Yeah, I think he went to 11, I went to 12. He's like, well, will you let me have it for 13? And I was like, I think this is probably as high as I'm going to get him to go and I'm just not sure what to do playing that deck with that many chains. So... And he actually piloted my deck really well, otherwise I probably would have tried to go for his deck, but he actually, he was playing my deck the way it was meant to be played, so I couldn't bank on that strategy of just taking their deck for more chains and hoping they just flounder with my deck. So I let him have it at 13. I was trying to limit his resources, and instead of me cycling through my deck quickly, I was using my board a lot to try to keep creatures off the board so he couldn't gain Amber. But that was just kind of my downfall because he's got enough amber pips. It's 13 amber pips in the deck. And yeah, when he hit, when he shedded his seventh chain to get down to six chains, he never shed a chain for the rest of the game. Right. <laughs> his first Martian generosity, and it was pretty much over then. And it was really unfortunate. So, no, and I realized that after the game, I just spent too much time focused on the board, trying to limit what he could do and what amber he could generate instead of just, I should have just been cycling and trying to go really fast on my side. And I think he actually did hit his doorstep pretty early too. I think I was trying to rush amber on my side. I think I was up to nine at one point and he was able to doorstep me back down to five. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, chains are always so frustrating when you like get somebody to hide chain and they just like get, you know, the cards they need or draw four cards of the same house it's like great so i guess that's kind of <laughs> yeah and i didn't know if he was really like playing that many cards per turn but he just kept cycling right. cards, cycling cards yeah making a little bit of amber here and there well and he's i mean clearly he's used to playing with that i did look it up and his deck is the one that was featured in a, <laughs> an ffg article elder Hedgebet haas um yeah 33 yep. 13 in organized play uh, 21 oh, chains. Oh, yeah, it might have updated since the prime. Yeah. Yep, he lost to Blake, and then he lost his first round matchup in the top eight to the eventual winner. But yeah, so I finished three and two. Felt pretty good about it. Like I said, I scooped Blake, so. Um, Blake also finished three and two after I gift wrapped him that thing. <laughs> yeah, we had a prior prime winner that finished three and two using a funky Italian triple library of the damned deck. It was really funny that he just expected to lose the first game and always probably win the second game and bid them up. He went for my strategy, but with a, like a less powerful deck. He was just having a blast. Like he won the last prime, so he dropped before top eight because he's like, I don't need to top eight again. So that was very cool of him, and I think that's the only reason. So thank you, Sasha for doing that because I think that cleared the way for me to hit that eighth spot in the top eight. So I hit spot eight, Blake hit spot six. Nice. So both Blake top eighted. So our little, <laughs> I don't know if it really helped us or not, like the whole scoop thing, I guess we should have just played it, but I guess it affected our matchups and what happened well, later you, on. If you had won, then you still could have bumped him out potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to top eight. 
Um, I got matched up against Joel. Blake had beat Joel. Or no, Blake lost to Joel. Joel is also running AOAs. Like I said, four AOA decks made the um, top cut. Three Worlds Collide. One. One Coda deck. And, um, yeah. I... Game one was close. His deck doesn't have a lot of Amber Control. It's a Time Traveler deck. It's got a couple Miasmas, a Too Much Protect, which with Martian Generosity Cube Deduction, you're never afraid of Too Much Protect because you don't usually go above six. So it's not usually an issue. And he was just a little more efficient than me generating Amber that first game, so just got it. Game two, he's like, well, I've never played a Jenka deck, so I don't imagine this will go very well. <laughs> he would sit there too, he had like Duma out and like the game before I was popping Duma with Skullian to draw cards and he was like, well, it's like I wouldn't normally do this, but it seems like you just kept killing your dudes over and over again, so Spirit's Way and yeah, he did it, he hit Martian Generosity, he whiffed the key abduction, but he hit Proliferator Mars first, I think, so we put um, Martian Generosity back in. And then unfortunately was able to the next turn, like he had all the Mars creatures out and his deck didn't really have any board clears or targeted removal. And so he was able to reap up to 10 Ember, I think. Oh no. Draw 20 cards, or <laughs> no, reap no. up to 9 and drew yeah, 20 cards. He's just ducking. over. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, it still is close. I still got the two keys to his two keys. Yeah, yeah. And I probably made some mistakes. I was trying to be too Amber efficient. I think I was up two keys to nothing. And I was just trying to get into check as quickly as possible. So I had two miasmas. His deck had two miasmas that I just burned for the amber pips. One turn I had like four shadows cards in hand. So I just burned them all to try to cycle through the deck and just get myself into check. And he just, just did enough to keep pulling me back off check with my deck. He played it really well. And yeah, once he got to the 20 cards, um, <laughs> he's like, I have the entire dis house in my hand. I'm like, yep, the game's over. <laughs> you can steal four amber at any time that you want to. We're done here. You can goozle your own anguish as you need to. Yeah, so got two owed in my top eight match. Congrats to Joel. He was saying that he'd made he's made a bunch of top eight cuts and store champs and prime champs, but he never made it past the first round. So that was his first victory. So way yeah. to persevere, sir. Well done. Blake also got knocked out by the eventual runner-up, who was running a... I think he was on AOA as well. I think that was an AOA, AOA. No, he was on Worlds Collide. I can't remember the finals. The finals of Worlds Collide deck, definitely. It was. I think it was two Worlds Collide decks in the finals. Worlds Collide decks are definitely tricky in a lot of cases. So, I mean, I, I see either of those. I mean, it makes sense to me, right? Like, thinking about takeaways that... AOA and Worlds Collide decks might be better suited for the format. I want to give a few more shout-outs. I just remember a few more people. So Ryan of the Elder Hedge Bat Hoss, he drove all the way from pretty much the corner of Idaho and Oregon, so like eight hours. So that was wow. awesome getting to meet you, sir, and play against that fantastic deck you have. Um, Ryan, The other Ryan from Seattle, who's a monster who's now been in the final match of two primes, and unfortunately, been runner up in both of them. Absolutely gutted, Ryan, to hear that you just didn't quite get there. But way to go. Congrats to Eric. Eric was the one that took it down. Oh, and Austin. Austin of the Epic Quest of our Discord. He was there as well. The more the more Wolf clan was in attendance. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a great day. We started at 10 o'clock in the morning. We left the venue, I think, at like 8.40 that night. <laughs> yeah. Keyforge. 
yeah, it was a lot of keyforge, but it was really fun. But yeah, definitely, AOA makes a great adaptive choice because some people gave up on it pretty early and didn't play it a whole lot. It's got some really interesting cards like Ancient Yurk. So my, you know, my deck had two of those, and people struggled all day with whether to play them or discard them. And anytime I saw them discard them, like it's either indicating they actually have the generosity combo, or <laughs> they just don't know what to do with it. Um, and then, yeah, again, like the top eight. So I noticed a lot of the top eight decks had like weird amber control. And I think that's something that B-Hawk has talked about in our Discord about Adapted before, as well as Flibber. I think they both kind of go for decks that have less than optimal amber control. But if you know how to use the amber control, it gives you a big advantage the game that you play with it. So that was like another takeaway, like kind of like more had. situational stuff, like yeah. like you're talking about like anguish and like God like the, yeah combo or whatever. Because you might miss that, or even knowing like, hey, I need to hold my hysteria for your shoelers, right? Um, I I have a question. Yeah. So I have a question, Dan. Yeah. I'm interested to know how did you like for for your game twos. Did you do anything to target like you? So knowing what you know about your deck, knowing its weaknesses, knowing its strength, how did you play it to like target, target those things? I mean, I was trying to get rid of the disc stuff as soon as possible because I knew like my deck really works if you establish a big disc board and you just call this over and over again. <clears throat> so that was one thing I targeted. I know playing against Jenka, you just want to let people forge keys. It seems weird, but if you like miasma somebody at six amber with a, with a Martian generosity in the deck, that can be super bad news for them. So yeah, so I would just let people forge with my deck and um, just try to keep their amber down if possible. Like I was able to ask for discards and just see if like if I didn't, they're kind of halfway through the deck, just looking at your opponent's discard when it's your deck, you know exactly what's in it and what's not in it. Yeah. So that was really helpful. So I did that a bunch kind of in the later rounds as it was kind of getting you know, the competition was ramping up a little bit. And just knowing, oh, like, there's the doorstep. Or if somebody, God, man, if somebody discarded the doorstep or played the doorstep for the amber early in the game, you're just I like, that I had, oh, it's just like pedal to the metal, let's go. <laughs> like, what's like, the best they can do? Yeah. yeah, the best they can do now is double shooter hysteria if they are patient enough for it. And a lot of people weren't, people were just firing off the hysteria for at random times. But yeah, so no, it's super fun playing against your deck. I think the next Sanctimonious League is kind of a tease that'll be starting up here in probably about a month or so is going to be adaptive, but we're going to switch the order of the game. So you're going to play the reversal game first Ooh. and then play your own deck second game. So I think that'll be really interesting. So you don't really get to see how the actual pilot pilots the deck. You're just going in blind. Yeah, I kind of like that format. I haven't gotten to play it, but it just sounds like really cool. Sounds like really fun. That's the hope. Fun. Really cool. Yeah, I guess I guess my question is, did people generally enjoy it? I mean, it's a really long day. Would you do it again? Would you prefer a different format next time? It was really cool. Like we talked about it, it was really cool that you got to play a different deck every round. So that was super fun. So instead of like a day where you're playing your decks all day, you got to play your deck plus somebody else's deck each round. So that kind of kept it fresh like each round because you had a new deck that you got to get your hands on and pilot. So that was a lot of fun. I mean, it is always fun. <laughs> it went pretty fast, though. I mean, 
everybody, I mean, they, everybody knows the Forge community is pretty great. So every round is enjoyable. There's laughs and smiles and, you know, it wasn't brutal, like white knuckle gaming or anything like that. Um, like the two rounds, the top eight matches, super friendly and fun. And the, uh, the, yeah, like it was a pure joy to run the double Martian generosity deck. Now that I know I've actually piloted royalty, like maybe tickled even more. Yeah, that's cool um, that he would bring that kind of, that deck and let everyone play with it too. Well, he had, he's like we were talking beforehand. He's like I've become one of those people who is now double sleeved a deck. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had it double sleeved, but yeah, no, I mean it's, it's super fun. It's a long format, so I mean you have to have the time. The store has to be open long enough for it to happen because I don't. I don't think it actually wrapped up like the entire tournament. So that store opened at 10. They let us in at like 9.30. They opened the doors early for us so we could get in there, get upstairs and everything and kind of get situated. So we were able to start right at 10. And then, like I said, we left at like 9-ish. So there were still two more rounds after that. So 10.30. So yeah, probably ended right about midnight. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a long day. So, I mean, I guess you're going to run an adaptive prime or anything like that. You, uh, you either have to do it two days or, um, yeah, you have to have like that kind of access to run it that long. And I think we were fortunate in that we got away with five rounds since I think 27 is the cut to go to six rounds, 27 players. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> That'd be two more people and had to go to that sixth round and it would have been insane. That's like at yeah. over at 132. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's kind of what everyone was kind of afraid of. We went to six rounds. People were doing the math the week leading up to it. But no, it worked out. I, I mean, I, like I said, I think it finished before. The store was amazing. They had a nice upstairs gaming area. So you're not kind of amidst all the people that are just milling about buying stuff. So you're kind of in your own separate gaming area. It's really nice up there. The store owner, Gabby, is amazing. She was super friendly and just popped in every now and again to check on us, see how we were doing up there. And yeah, it was just overall great event. Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. When you can have uh, have the venue be so supportive. Yeah. Well, I am glad that uh, you had such a good time, Dan, and represented super well, obviously. Well done, sir. Yeah. Top Thank eight. You. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> All right. Got my man. Uh, well, I think that probably just about does it for this episode. Do we have any final thoughts? Brush out those AOA decks for adaptive. That's the, the true pro call there. If you want to top eight. <laughs> no, it was just fun. I, there were more than a couple of people that realized kind of halfway through the tournament, like, shoot, the deck I brought is just too straightforward to play. <laughs> <laughs> just like, too good. You do, you do want something that has some complexity that, um, it's going to reward you for knowing the deck really well. Um, we didn't really have any issues. Like I think we did 90-minute rounds. We actually we only had a couple of people go to time throughout the day. Only a couple of times that we actually use up the full 90. I know all my games we finished. Well, I mean, I guess I 2 would a lot of them, so that helped. <laughs> but... uh yeah, I think we like even my games that went to three, I still think we finished with like twenty minutes left. That's good. Good to yeah. hear for sure. All right. Water and snacks. Alex, what do you got for us? Any final thoughts for your first time officially as a member of this podcast? Obviously not your you first know, time on the show. 
Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't really have anything. I just thought, I just like being here. I just, you know, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to, uh, just hear and talk to you forge. And I mean, this is like, this is the good stuff. I love hearing about just the positive local play experiences. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping to have more of them myself, you know, as time goes on. Awesome. Well, we're super glad to have you. Uh, I think that Thank does it for this episode of Sanctimonious. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this is, once again, Jake. You can find me on Twitter at Jake Freed. Uh, Dan, where can they find you? I am Dan is someone, D-A-N-I-S-S-O-N-E-1 on Twitter, Twitch, and in the Discord. Alex, what's that Discord number you got there, buddy? I'm the Nick of Slots, hashtag 6418. Um, you can find me <laughs> on uh, my blog, Proclamation346E, uh, which we'll be putting out some content. And uh, and as always, mostly just find me on Discord and uh, ask me for deck evals. That seems to be my 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 bag lately. I get a lot. Of, I get a lot of requests for deck evals, and just so you know, I like doing it. So if you need help, I'm happy to do it. Awesome. Give it to us. Lay it on us. <laughs> Archons of the Crucible. The year is 2020. Age of Ascension has resurrected as the Adaptive King. Although it didn't quite get there, worlds collide has crushed all hopes and dreams of Coda and AOA. Good luck, Archons, in the new year. And remember, forge those keys. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't really have anything.